Hey y'all, it's me, Gomez the Yardman. Did you know the gals are getting ready for their 200th episode? And we sure are excited about it. And we want to thank everybody for listening, liking, linking, loving, all that stuff you do on your social media or around the cauldron. Here's an episode from 2022 we picked just for you. It's called Fantastic Peaches, Marvelous Tomatoes, and Crow Funerals. We'll be back next week with more shenanigans from the Weird Mountain Gals. Till then, stay weird, y'all. consider yourself normal then this is not the show for you please go somewhere else this is wyrd if it's getting weird it's got to be the weird mountain gals show you're listening to byron and alicia the weird mountain gals No, it's fine. It's fine. Last week it was delicate. Remember that? Oh, yes. I was, I'm was. i always very delicate, though. As you well know, I am just a fragile, blossom southern womanhood. <laughs> yes. How are you, girl? How I'm are fine. you? I'm fine. I'm genteel on the, on the porch, fanning oh. myself. Oh, my. Are you sitting on the veranda? Yes, dog. I can't do it. I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I had, a, I had a great aunt when I was really little that I can barely remember. I like, I remember how she smelled, actually, mm-hmm. um, because she always smelled so beautiful and soft and floral. Yeah. Um, and her she was Aunt Sarah. And uh, she was really my great aunt. But none of that matters. But she was she was from Virginia. Oh. And so. Her accent was really very much like this all the time. My goodness. What I remember that I don't remember, I just remember the story, is when she first saw me, she said, what a precious baby girl. Now, you are going to have her ears pierced and put little diamond earrings in there, aren't you? (laughs) Wow. To which my grandmother replied something that I will not say here for others to hear it was a statement uh, that was that could have been made at any time in 1956 but cannot be made aloud today yeah no my grandma my grandmother was not about that no 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 yeah there's a lot of statements like that that you could have (laughs) it's kind of a running joke with me and the manions about all the songs that that we could never release today or that could never be released today that we're just out. And you and I, we've had that running joke too. Oh my gosh. We sure have young girl. <laughs> get out of my mind. Right. <laughs> oh my. So I worked at this radio station that was 
uh, how do I say this nice? I don't know if I can say it nicely, but they, the men there, it was mostly, it was a man owned company, man run company. And the women were always in these like menial positions. It, they were secretary or, or whatever, whatever, the person who would clean the bathroom. It was never the men, the men. Okay. And that, I swear that song was in rotation all the damn time. That yeah, young girl song that you just sang. And yeah. I just, bleh, bleh. that's disgusting. I, I just, bleh. I'm sorry. <laughs> but No, it's, it's, you don't have to be sorry. That's just disgusting. It's just like churches where women basically keep the operation of the thing going. Mm-hmm. But men are the ones in charge. Oh, yeah. Oh, and credited, usually. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Because women are just, you know, typing everything up, keeping everything moving, keeping the toilets clean, keeping the coffee made, keeping the staff functioning. You know, that's, yeah. you know, women's work. Right, women's work. I know, because I know you, we have friends who are much more involved than that. And not only are they good you know, associates in business with their women friends, but they actually elevate them and lift them anytime they get a chance. And it comes right down to it. The most feminist man I know, and I know a handful of them that claim that when it gets down to it, it's it's hardwired. It's, they are, they are to the bone uh, waiting on women to fix it, make it right, be their mama, all that stuff. The feminist man? Uh-huh. I'll have to think about that one. Yeah. Well, maybe you could introduce me to these so-called feminist men that you know that are so elevated. Well, your and yard still- man. What? Your yard man, as far as I can tell, is, is pretty much that way, I think. Well, and he may be one of the few. I do believe that the patriarchy exists. And I don't know if that makes what that makes me. Okay, I'm sure somebody would call me something. I'm just like I just said patriarchy, but well, I, that's a word I use all the time. There, there are all sorts of other words people use for that, but the older one that I'm most familiar with is patriarchy, and that's what I use. And yeah, people yes. call me down for that sometimes, but again, I don't care. If it's an accurate description and there's not a better one in your mind, just say it. Who gives a I'm, I mean, people, exactly. people need to get their ass out of the sling. They just are constantly having their feelings hurt. Just wait. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and, you know, if you're a little. Oh, anyway, I'm going to jump right off of this subject. because yeah, better. And I'm going to say this. Here's a song in my head all the time. It's September with oh, Earth, yeah. Wind, and Fire. Yes. I've been singing that thing since September the 1st. I posted it on my Facebook page. I, w- I was making supper yesterday and twisting my behind and twerking to <laughs> September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. I do love me some Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, oh my gosh. I Boy, the energy and the, and the way that band looks when they're on stage. Oh, oh. Oh, man. Earth, Wind, and Fire and... I like George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic. Mm-hmm. I can't. <laughs> I, the I way they look on stage, that's pretty <laughs> amazing, too. <laughs> well, I, I like their music is what it is. And 
you know, Bootsy Collins is a quite a personality, and uh, and of course they all are really. But Craig went to a boot camp. Our buddy Craig, yeah, and, uh, he went to a base boot camp, and uh, Bootsy was the one. This Bootsy baby. Wow. Yeah, and I remember going to see Parliament Funkadelic and just smashed in with the crap, you know, uh, just body to body to body. And I, I think this was at the Orange Peel, maybe. And it was one of the best shows. And David Simchok, the uh, photographer the that makes all those great concert photos. Yeah, yeah. He got a picture of me in the crowd. And I... I had my hand up with the my pinky and my index finger were out, and so some people say that's devil horns. I don't uh, know. Yeah, 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 yeah. The rock and roll horns. It's or rock and roll horns. I was and I was like, I had that Medusa thing on and a cowboy hat under it, and I had my hand out like that, and the, everybody around me was kind of doing their things too, and I was right in the middle of the picture, and I thought, well, that's a good picture. Maybe that's the one that I need in my obituary. <laughs> oh, I love it. What a great idea. I need to find that picture again. And I'll find you the one of Craig with Bootsy. So. Oh, I would love that. But, you know, all this stuff made me think of B.B. Of, uh, King and Lucille. Ooh. <laughs> and some, somewhere, somebody, and maybe, maybe Uncle Ted has this. I don't know. I'll have to check it out. But, you know, he was here for Bel Share a couple of times. Right. And I was his, uh, one of the people that was, you know, like his his gopher person uh, for one of the Bel Shares. And um, he he went to, I don't remember if he went to smoke a cigarette or to talk to somebody or something. And I was just standing there. And he said, hey, here, sugar, would you hold Lucille for me? And he handed me Lucille. And I was just like, whoa, what? And I stood there like I was holding the crown jewels, you know, yeah. and I just waited. And it was like, I hope he didn't get too far away. I hope he didn't get, and he didn't even look back. It was just like, wow. here, you hold the seal, baby. I'm going to do this thing over here. And I just stood there and I thought, I'm holding Lucille. And so somewhere there is the picture of me holding Lucille. And the look on my face is one of complete terror. <laughs> like oh my god look what i've got in my hands oh. <laughs> what, a be what a beautiful sweaty greasy guitar that was uh, did you feel the history yeah i think you could feel i don't know that i'm not gonna say i could feel the history because i was terrified somebody would bump into me or i would somehow lose my mind and drop it or whatever and uh -huh. it was only it was only years later that i learned that lucille was one of a lucille you yeah. know, every time he needed a new guitar, she was Lucille, too. But yeah, I was sure. just, oh, my gosh. I was, so if any of y'all listening have that Bell Share picture from, golly, I don't even know, maybe the late 80s. I'll go look through some pictures and see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there I am. Probably <laughs> wow. wearing a pair of overalls and, and clutching Lucille to my bosom. <laughs> You were overall wearer? Um, yeah, off and on. They, they were handy at Bellshare because I usually had to have a lot of different things in my pockets. And it was easier to have overalls that I to have a lot of pockets in them than to carry some kind of bag or purse or something. Gotcha. Well, if it was um, late 80s, 
then my family would have been in the balloon area of Bellsville. Ah, okay. Yep. Well, yeah. as I recall, this was over near uh, Church Street. Okay. okay. I seem to recall I was leaning against that uh, Drummer building. But that could have been a whole nother memory. I don't know. If a picture shows up, maybe we can tell where I'm where I'm leaning. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Yeah, it was it was amazing. I mean, I I met a lot of amazing people when I was working at the Arts Council. Bet you did. I bet that was a really interesting job. It mostly was not. It was mostly terribly <laughs> stressful. But boy, when it was interesting, it was interesting. It was yeah. mostly exhausting because we often worked. 10, 12 hour days. Was it your favorite job that you've ever had? Oh, no, no. My favorite job will always be working at the bookstore. Ah, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I understand you've got some interesting things coming up, and I know you can't really talk about all of them, but I applaud you for having a schedule so organized that you can actually book that far in advance. You know what? I got I got to do it. Yeah. Um, I I just figured, you know, few right before cut or before COVID, BC before COVID, I just I I told people, you know, this fame is not gonna last, and I'm gonna be back to doing what I was doing. That's gonna be fine. I'm not, you know, I'm not married to all this stuff. And I just kept thinking, oh, this will be the last year I'm gonna be on the road because nobody's gonna want me after this year. And then, you know, another book would come out and I'd have one more thing to do. But if I don't have it organized, I'm um, I'm sunk. Yeah. I had a moment. It had been about six weeks ago. Some uh, some folks at a little bookstore over in Oak Ridge and golly, I wish I could call the name of it because I'm going to be there Saturday, but I can't. But it's a little metaphysical store in Oak Ridge. And by the time you all hear this, I will have been and gone. So we'd been talking about when I could come over there and do a little talk, maybe give a little mini class. And um, and I said, well, I can't on that day because I think I'm doing a Pagan Pride event in Knoxville. So I had not written it down, but I had this vague memory. So I contacted my buddy in Knoxville and I said, well, first I looked for the event on Facebook and I was yeah. not listed. And I thought, well, good. Then I'm not. So I so I contacted him to confirm I was not doing the Pagan Pride. And he said, well, no, remember, because you're supposed to be in Scotland. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I didn't do it because I was in Scotland. I said, well, we didn't go to Scotland. And he said, well, you want to come to Pagan Bride? And I said, no, no, I'm going to do this thing at this bookstore. It's going to be fun. So I, I signed up to this thing in the bookstore. And it's at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And Pagan Pride is, you know, just in Knoxville. It isn't that far away from Oak Ridge. So, <laughs> so I, I came back to him and I said, you know, I, I could come by there. I think I'm just going to come by there, see my buddies, do some hugging, uh, buy some cool stuff from the vendors. And he said, well, just come at 12 and just talk about your new book and do 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 do. And so I ended up double dipping on Saturday. But, you know, part of the reason I had to double dip is because I hadn't written it all down. Yeah, I get that. Well, these are events that you haven't been to yet, correct? The pagan pride. Uh, so my my thing to you is be careful about your timing because it took my friends who were there last weekend about twice as long as it normally does because of some traffic things going on. Yeah. So you, don't, you mean sure. going from here to Knoxville? 
no in between are both events in Knoxville? No, no one's, one's in, in Oak Ridge. One's yeah, they in were, Knoxville, one's in Oak Ridge. Yeah. No, between Knoxville and Oak Ridge. Ali. Yeah. Well, I, I figure I'm gonna stay at in Knoxville for about an hour to about one o'clock and then I'll head on over to Oak Ridge. Surely I can get to Oak Ridge in two hours, even with the kind of dumbass traffic been going all over town. Sorry, close all over the place, mostly because people can't drive worth a damn. And also because there's road construction every damn where. Yep, it is. You got you got to know your app now. You got to use that Waze app and it'll tell you how long it's going to take you because and it'll show you all the messed up traffic. Well, so, and that, that's the thing. I've got me a Tennessee roadmap, too. Maybe I'll yeah. just sit down and I'll figure out before the interstate, how did somebody get from Knoxville to Oak Ridge? And people go, well, well, that's crazy. That'll take you X number longer. And I go, yeah, but there's probably not any traffic down there. It's probably a much better drive. Uh, probably a much prettier drive, for sure. Yeah. Boy, I, I had to run out to this place out in the middle of Madison County uh, to go Selby was buying a vehicle for his daughter and I was driving, he was going to drive it back. And I took the, I took the way home. I did not take the interstate. I just took some back roads that I'd been on before. And I thought, why don't I do this all the time? It was so yeah, much better. Exactly. Um, a friend of mine had an emergency in Weaverville. This has been years ago had an emergency in Weaverville and I was doing an event over at the Sunspree in West Asheville. <laughs> and it was a thing where I had to get to where she was fast. Yeah. And of course, traffic was backed up on 1923, yeah. backed up for miles and miles. And I just looked at it and I went, well, I don't need to be on this damn road. I'm going down to the river. And I took Riverside Drive yeah. up as far as I could. And then I went over, I can't remember on, what kind of creek road it was yeah. yeah butthole creek road or something and i got to her house and it took a little bit longer than it would have if i'd been able to go up 1923 but when i came back 1923 was still jammed up in both directions oh yeah and those were the good old days those were the now, good old days before it was future 26 yeah i took mom to the doctor yesterday and it was about i think i took her to about one or one thirty in the afternoon and she was she was like there must have been some sort of accident because they're rerouting traffic off of the interstates onto these roads and i was like no mom this is just normal traffic this is just yeah. normal now well, I, I, know, I don't even, i don't even want to go into it i know because- it's like here's our weekly rant about why there's no <laughs> damn infrastructure to support all the greed that is abroad in Western North Carolina. Here, here, yes to that. <laughs> so, so we don't need to talk about that. We're gonna talk about music. So September is wonderful. Yeah. Here's uh, another song I was thinking of this morning that is not Earth, Wind and Fire, but I can't remember who it is. Remember that song, Jazz Man? Jazz Man, <laughs> take my blues away. And I was just thinking about all those songs from the I guess that's the 70s that I just loved, loved, loved. And uh, Saturday in the park, <laughs> I think it was the 4th of July. So I was yeah. doing that. I listen to that quite a bit. I'll, uh, I'll play, you know, I go through these phases and I'll, I'll play just an artist or just a band. 
and that always comes up on one of my like laid back oh, rotations yeah. when I need yeah. to. Yeah, and, it, and it's Carol King. Now that I think of it, it's Carol King, jazz man. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Yes, you're right. It is. Yep. Well, I was thinking about some songs. So I always like Chicago. We've got that show coming up with the Green Beaners that I was telling you about mm-hmm. <clears throat> in December. So this show is going to be nothing but fun. It's going to be a private party, and we're not going to do any originals at all, as far as I know. We're just going to do party favorites, right? And so we, we, were, <laughs> we were picking some, and I was, we, were, we started out by pick, each of us will pick four or five. I'm trying to find it. So I, I picked Joy to the World by Three Dog Night. Oh, my gosh. I saw them in concert in 1975. Maybe. Really? <laughs> oh, my God. What a great show they did. What a great show. That's awesome. And then I picked When Will I Be Loved with Belinda Ronstadt version. Do you know that song? Oh, yeah. Okay. And then <laughs> Mama's Got a Squeeze Box. By- <laughs> and Daddy Never Sleeps at Night. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, Use Me, Bill Withers. Mm-hmm. so so anyway those were the ones that i picked and then we've got oh gosh we've got a few more that are along those lines and i know they're like not very politically correct but still <laughs> we're gonna probably do like a eurythmic song we'll probably do a talking head song mm. you know, it'll be a couple of hours worth of, of music oh it sounds wonderful yeah, can i get invited to, to this party yes please i'm i really hope you'll come i, I really do and then then the fat had to get in on it and craig and he was like he got just so inappropriate right away he was like you know can we play wham and then he says yeah and and craig answered him he says well only if we play touch my ass by phil collins and it's what? like, come on, guys, man, give them a break. I love Phil Collins. <laughs> but then, then they decided, then they put in their set list, and one of the songs was Blondie, Heart of Glass. Mm. And, yeah, which I like, but, you know. And, and they volunteered it. They volunteered me for it. They were like, yeah, at least you can sing that. And I'm thinking, in what universe? Do I have a voice that sounds remotely like that? <laughs> I love oh, that yeah. song. Oh no, you you would rock that, girl. You know you would. You think I will? Absolutely. I'm gonna give it a try. I am. Um, and this is the same person who picked uh, "Baby Love" for me last time, and not the "Baby Love," oh, ba- not that one, <laughs> but the the one where she's going "Shoo fly, ba 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 ba, baby love." <laughs> You know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's like I can't do that justice. I don't think, but we, but some of it is in the attitude and the presentation of it. You know. So that's my that's the thing that's going to occupy my brain as far as my fun for the next little while because I I really look forward. It's just one show, but we only pull that band out like every five years or so. Right now, it's been 11 years since the last time we, we played a show. I'm really looking forward to it. 
what you got going on that you're looking forward to? Well, I, it's going to sound weird, but I'm looking forward to just diving into the edits on my new book and fixing the things that when I sent it in, I thought, oh, no, that whole section's pretty weak. And then it came back to me with, um, with the edits from the editors there, and they, you know, acknowledged this section here is really weak. So I love having the opportunity to go in and, and fix it and make it be what it needs to be. And I'm looking forward to my trip this weekend. I'm going to be seeing some people I haven't seen in a while, and that is always a pleasure. I'm, I'm just, girl, I, y'all, I'm just still living la dolce vita. <laughs> and I'm finding everything sweet and wonderful that I can find because I'm telling you, it ain't going to get any easier anytime soon. And we need to absorb everything sweet that we can here in the harvest season and love it and love the people around us and all of that because the mama, mama is here to tell you this late fall and early winter are going to be hard. And not just the weather is going to be hard. I think the weather is going to continue to challenge us. But um, I think everything's going to get real hard. And I'm going I'm to be the one doing the get your shields up, get yourself grounded to everybody, most of whom will ignore it, and then whine and complain because everything is so bad. Hmm. I did warn you. Well, I'm mostly turning my, my focuses are kind of feel like they're kind of going into home life. And I think that's kind of a natural thing for people around here, don't you? Because it's like oh, yeah. the winners, we're only one generation away and maybe not even that, to be honest, from people who really had to deal with the weather in ways that we don't have to now. Yeah. You know, yeah. my papa never had a weather channel. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, your papa was the weather channel. Right. They had to do it for themselves. Yeah. My dad was for sure. Yeah, uh, my dad too. Yeah, and I remember this was the time of year when the women were getting together in my family quite a bit because things were getting harvested. And so I remember it was like a group effort to get ready for, for winter because like you, we did a lot of freezing and we did a lot of canning. We'd have to get that stuff ready. So they'd the harvest we had a family garden or still do i guess i don't know we had a family garden and they'd bring in corn by the bushel and we'd sit there and we'd shut bushels of corn and they'd bring in green beans like you would not believe well those had to get you had to string them and pop them we called yeah. it snap i remember them. we would have a little knife each one of us that did this and it'd be like a little sharp little steak knife was the size of it and by the time it was over I would have just a tiny little indention across my thumb from how many times that knife had just gently touched my finger while I was snapping beans and stringing did you ever use a knife for that or no, did y'all no use? no never did but we, boy that made me think about one of those moments of pride that you don't maybe recognize it at the time but when you first start, we in my family it was called doing the beans. Today we got yeah. to do the beans. Yeah. And um, and the grown-ups, which of course were all women, um, they would take up a bit like a fistful of beans, 
in, in their soft hand and break the ends off every one in that bundle and then flip the bundle over, break off the ends of the other and then start snapping. I've seen so, that and I might have done that back in the day a little bit, but not much. But, and but I, I remember when you started it, you would take one bean and you'd take the end off and run the string down and take the other end off and run the string yeah. and and put it down and then snap it. And then maybe next time you'd have two beans in your hand and three beans. And it was a matter of great sort of woman pride when you could hold a handful, a fistful of beans and do them fast. Man, those women worked so fast. Yeah. And they'd have like a cigarette part mm -hmm. in an ashtray. Definitely, and snap, yes. snap, 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 break, break, break. Throw them in a, like a wash pan and then take a big drag off the cigarette drink some sweet tea or coffee, whatever they were drinking. And then they go right back to it. And when the wash pan was full, somebody, usually one of the young'uns, would grab the wash pan and dump that into a bigger yep. basket or garbage bag, sometimes into a garbage bag or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there's that weird, that weirdly interesting process of how many of those beans can you hold in your hands? And I find myself now when I'm doing the same thing, I'll just kind of wiggle my fingers into a pile of beans and just grab up a big old handful of them and just get started. So wow. it, it became muscle memory, I guess, because I still do it. it. It is muscle memory, I'm sure. Well, we, we, would, we had corn we would have to do. We'd have beans. We would put onions away. So I had one grandma who would store them in pantyhose. Uh-huh. Uh, and that man did that work wow did that ever work but it wasn't the most attractive thing but whatever looked pretty good to me she put them and uh, let them hang with the leather britches at yeah. the same time and she would do leather britches um the other family did not with the beans they just snapped them and would either freeze them or can them and we would do uh, depending on what had come in that's what crop we were dealing with yeah, you know? yeah. and the thing that I remember about it the most is uh, we generally met at my grandma's house under her carport and mm -hmm. there was a big picnic table there, you know, just big family size picnic table. And we'd be sitting facing out from the table. Our legs would not be under the table. They'd be swung out because we'd each have our supplies and our, our vegetables and stuff in front of us. Yeah. I remember that after a while, yeah, the, ash, the ashtray and the sweet tea would be on the table. On the table, or or there might be one of those standing up ashtrays. Or did y'all did you ever see the ashtray? My cousin Evelyn had one that looks almost like one of those aluminum ice trays. No, it was long like a like an ice cube tray, yeah. and it had like a little strip down the center of it long ways with dents in it that you could just put your cigarette in no i i've never <laughs> seen that one uh -uh. that's interesting um no we we didn't have anything fancy like that but it was uh it was just the standard when i say the the tall ashtrays they would be on like a metal stand oh yeah oh yes and there would be and, a hand them. So you usually they up. were glass so you could yep. just take them out of the stand and go wash them in hot water and clean right. them. And they'd be like a green glass or a 
an orange glass or a red glass. Red, I remember red. So yeah. somebody I knew must have had one with red. <laughs> That's funny. Boy, the whole kind of, um, the whole culture around smoking, it used to be so interesting. And man, I smoking killed both my parents. Yeah. Oh, I got nothing for smoking. But the whole, all the, I don't know, the fall to roll around it. Yeah. Interesting. Remember when people used to have a, they'd have a cigarette box on the coffee table. Yes. So so anybody who, and there'd be a really interesting, uh, like a lighter that was in a piece of crystal or something. So the, it just, it was fascinating how, how people adorned that really terrible, awful habit. Well, I've, I've, told you about I have the Blossers medical cigarettes here at the house that I yes. had some, you know, it just wasn't looked on as a bad thing uh, it just really wasn't and of course we know the truth about it now and just like you I've lost a lot of my family to to lung cancer or COPD or a heart attack caused by lung cancer or COPD yep. um, and it's a hard road and a hard way to die and a hard way to watch somebody go. Yes, but, it is. And, but it, it was so entrenched in the culture. Yes. It really was that it was ubiquitous with groups and it didn't matter if you had kids around or not. We had our candy cigarettes. We'd sit right there with them if we wanted to. That's right. Our, you know, and our, I see those now and they're called candy sticks. <laughs> okay. But, oh, yes, candy yeah. cigarettes. And I remember having probably my daddy light my candy cigarette. Yeah. With yeah. his big old, you know, he had one of those big old, what kind of light, uh, like a Ron, Ron, what kind of lighter is that? It's a, Ron, a Ronson, Ronson lighter. Okay. Oh, one of the big. Or okay. a Zippo. That's what I'm Zippo. thinking. Zippos, yeah. yeah, well, and, you know, they had they had these lighters that were like part of the furniture. I mean, that box that you're talking about, there would be a very elaborate lighter on the table beside. Oh yeah. It might weigh two pounds or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because nobody's going to stick that in their pocket, walk away with it or like everybody does with your little disposable lighter. But yeah, I can remember one of my jobs probably on a Saturday was to fill up, must have been my daddy's um, lighter and to oh, replace the flint when the flint needed to be replaced. Yeah, I know how to do all that stuff. Yeah. Well, of course, we're in North Carolina, the tobacco state. That's right. I remember how it smelled when you walked in a tobacco barn, although my family didn't grow it for. Uh, for and anything, what a beautiful smell that is. It the, is. It's not uh, like that. curing. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I it, love it, that smell. It was beautiful, sweet smell. I remember that. You know, and the other thing about sitting there with everybody and snapping beans or working on vegetables and is you you learn a lot. And I soaked it up. I would listen to those women talk and they would say it was it was eons ahead of me it, it, in subtle English language, <laughs> Appalachian language. <laughs> And they had beautiful voices, first of all. So I would be, it's easy for me to focus and listen uh, to these voices. Their accents were 
were kind of, they were pretty. It wasn't that rough Appalachian. It wasn't pretentious. It was just, it was what it was, but their voices had a lilt and it made it nice. It's like, hello, Lisa, how are you today? Yeah. You know, just beautiful up and down. And I'm, I'm so sorry that that sing song is going away. I haven't heard anybody with that accent in a long time. Except maybe my aunt, uh, you know, but I remember my aunt Millie, my aunt Daisy, my aunt Rose, and they were also great aunts. Um, and they just had these sweet, beautiful voices. So I'd listen to that. And then I'd, I'd also listen to what they were saying. And they, they would talk about everything. I mean, everything. It was crazy, the subjects that they could get into. And so it was, it was always interesting to me. And I remember a feeling of, well, okay, this is exactly where I belong. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. would, just, you know, there's a lot of um, of that of me having a different attitude about things. It's like I never really wanted to to stay in the kitchen. I like to know how to cook and take care of myself, but I never really wanted to be a slave over the stove. And it took a lot longer to cook food well back then. So, well, and, and it's I, what a woman would spend much of the day doing if she was a, a homemaker, as they used to call them. Yeah. Um, but I find myself doing that, too, with because um, I'm home writing right now. So, yeah. I mean, it's not really homemaking. God knows if you could see the state of my house, you wouldn't think that. But there is a point at about three o'clock that I have to stop and I have to think about supper. Yeah, I, I don't have to necessarily do anything right then, but I know at three o'clock I've got to at least stop, start thinking about supper. So just like the old days, I end up about three o'clock in the afternoon trying to figure out what I'm going for supper. And on the days when uh, when there's, uh, you know, it's like a holiday and you're going to do a big old meal, golly, you do that all day long. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and just think what it would be like if we were cooking on a, you know, wood stove. Yeah, exactly. Like they used to have to. It was hours worth of work. And everything took longer. And you did everything with more care, or at least that's my impression of it. I seem to remember that one of the things that I did, one of the hobbies that I had, was embroidering pillowcases. I mean, hello. (laughs) I don't, I don't know anybody who, do you embroider pillowcases? I embroider, but I don't, I don't often do, I haven't done pillowcases in a couple of decades, but I embroider. It's one of the things I do in the winter. Love to, to embroider. And so I still have a bunch of pillowcases that we all did. Somebody in my family that has done through the years. Yeah, I've got a bunch of that family needlework. Yeah, but. I love it. And it, you know, it's, it's decorative. We lived a more decorative life then. We changed our knowledge of the, the world for knowledge that's internet based. We changed everything when, when the world got digital and, and information became king. You see, um, I really believe that. I really do. I remember reading somewhere that 20,000 years from now, if 
if the cycle is still going on and humans still exist and and they they find evidence of us we'll be judged on the size of our buildings and what kind of buildings they are so in one in one era the largest buildings would have been the cathedrals see in one era it might have been sporting arenas one area it might be merchandise shopping malls in one era it might have been colleges or something um and so we would be judged on the size of what server rooms i guess i don't know wow i mean information is it and that's sad because i we gave up a lot of arts and i, I not all of us did there are still renaissance folks out there who are doing things in in a way that pleases them and it's going to be more tactile it's going to take a little longer i do some things i'm learning i'm learning to go away from that digital place and spend some time doing things around the house so the weirdlings have sent me some casserole recipes and i'm yes I'm they have Yeah, thank you you very much, y'all. I appreciate it. I'm going to try them. Yeah, you know, hopefully I'll I'll give them a try because I'm really interested in learning how to make casseroles. Because what I like to do is cook a big batch of something and then eat on it for a few days and put some of it back in the freezer. And so I tend to make big, big, giant batches of stuff. And it seems like casseroles would be good for that. Uh And well, it's funny, you're going to laugh, but while we've been doing this whole recording, I have been knitting. Really? I'm proud. I've been knitting because I've got, you know, I love to give people scarves. And in fact, this summer, I saw two of my friends who live up in the North Country, and it was hotter than heck in Southern Ohio. But I brought them their, um, their Yuletide present which was two scarves, two wool scarves. And I said, look, I know it's hot, but I know how cold it's going to be where you live in just a few months. So I thought I'd bring these to you. So I love to do it. And um, Ilsa, hey, Ilsa, has this wonderful wonderful stash of yarn. And she will contact me periodically and say, how's it going with the yarn? And I'll go, yeah, I'm probably ready for a little bit more. And she sends me yarn. Nice. That's very nice. Uh-huh. She's so thoughtful. See, she's one of those people that will take time and do things. Yes. She'll make she'll make cookies mm-hmm. and take them around. And it's like, wow, who does that anymore? Well, I think probably more people do it than we know. I, I'm beginning to think that, and it makes me happy. Me and, and, too. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of rediscovering that. It's like I feel like I'm doing it again for the first time. Mm-hmm. and and yeah it's been it's been very interesting to kind of turn in so that's one thing COVID did that I for me that I feel like is uh, a good thing I yes think. well and I think it did that for a lot of people they were they were we we were forced into our homes yeah um, <laughs> so people <laughs> remembered some things but also, I, I really want to stress that 
most people, like we were saying before, back in the day, those women, they weren't sitting at home doing this work alone. They, they were, had kids to help them. <laughs> well, and they would get together with all yeah. the women in the neighborhood or in the family. And, yeah. it, and it was a communal community event. Yeah. And we don't do it like that much anymore. Well, that, that's, why, that's why I say I remember thinking that this is where I belong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is where I belong. And it wasn't shortly after that. And really, if you think about the way time is, that <laughs> I was leaving home. And so it's like, what? Okay, I'm, I, don't mind, I don't mind sticking around. I remember buying this, this, you know, choosing this wall color. I remember this pot and this pan and, and I, you know, stuff like that. So hello, house. It's been a while. Yeah. 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 And it's the same for me with the kitchen. Hello, kitchen. I got some time now. I'm going to cook some of those things that I always said I would get around to one of these days. I think it's healthy for us. I really do. It has. I'm, 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 that's what it's going to be for me. That's what it has been. That's what I'm determined to turn it into. That, that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, I, I've been very lucky compared to so many people you have too and so I recognize that and I, I hope that I can continue that <laughs> anyway so well, I, um, I, pre- I appreciate home life so much more because I am on the road so much now yeah but you got a little time at home and you got to do some things and some organizing and hang and rest a little bit a tiny bit and you got to be productive well what we're doing that that i'm really happy about and i gotta tell you that joe is is really driving that bus is we are sorting through a lifetime of just clutter and we're getting rid of stuff we are tidying stuff putting putting like with like and it's good. I'm sure it feels really good. I, I'm kind of been in a constant state of that. It's, it feels like. No, not uh, me. God, it just keeps adding up and adding up and adding up. It, well, it, that's how I feel. It's like I feel like sometimes I can't get ahead of the stuff. And yeah. I, used, I used to say we spend first 30 years of our life trying to get as much stuff as we can. And the rest of our life trying to get rid of it. well and we are both and a lot of people who are listening are either children or grandchildren of people who survived the um the depression yeah and the idea was that you just you never threw anything away that might be useful right and you know i actually do agree with that me too I, i really do and because of that, I've got too much crap sitting around. I, so I'm trying to make sure that the stuff goes to the right people. Um, but before I even do that, I have to figure out what all I have. Here. You know, I've got stacks of books and just just stuff that I've ignored for a while that, I'm, that I've been trying to go through. Did you hear that little bling? I did. That is my friend who sent me a link decorations ready for halloween so i think i'm gonna like close that page right quick i should not have left it open 
<laughs> That's how you do it with social media, folks. <laughs> you don't let it run your life. And that's something I'm learning too, trying to anyway. Well, it's a tricky thing because you and I both do, I'm going to call it counseling, that we are counselors for a lot of different kinds of people. Yes. And it's hard to set that aside. And social media is a really beautiful way for those people to get in touch. I mean, we do it for the podcast for We're Mountain Gals, but I also do it for my, you know, Village Witch business is that. I use social media to, to market what I do and who I am. So, yeah, so it, it's a, I'm not going to say it's a necessary evil because I don't think it's evil. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know that I can believe in evil. You know, but, it's a tool. Yeah. But just like anything else, it can be, it, it can be taken and used the wrong way. And it's yeah. really easy when it comes to social media because it fills up, some gaps and some emotional places. It's like, you know what? If it wasn't for social media, we would have not met Ilsa. We would not have met, probably wouldn't have met Rania. We might not have met, is it Milaka in our weirdlings group? I mean, there's so so many folks that, that they are our friends. You know, that's been a thought of mine through the last few months is the whole, and I've mentioned it to you before, and I've thought about doing a digital legacy class. Mm-hmm. I think you should. And I've also thought about a, a digital funeral service, basically. I'm not, I feel like, what am I going to do when my time has come? I'd like for my friends and the folks who want to know, to be able to know, but most of the folks that I'm good friends with, I'm not sure how to, how I would burden them with this, you know, or if it would be a burden. I don't, I I just don't know. So it's been, these are things that have been a thought for me. And I know there are some services out there and I feel like, I feel like we could probably do a good job of talking about that subject. Yeah. Well, and just, you know, we talk about death all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's it's important to yeah. um, to to consider that stuff. So it's not, oh, my gosh, they're a last minute. Um, I've got a friend right now that I saw earlier this week whose um, mother is ill and her mother's always been tough, but her mother's also always been not in the very best of health right and now they've done some things but they haven't done all the things right um so yeah there's stuff that needs to be considered Mm -hmm. and taken care of while everybody is still able to do that Mm -hmm. um and honestly there are ways to do it they're kind of fun i remember when when we made antigua's funeral shroud she was still alive and we we all went to her house and we sewed it all together and um and then she laid down on it on the floor and we practiced rolling her up in it It, and it really it was a lot of fun and i'm sure it was cathartic it was yeah yeah and imagine 
cathartic for her too. You know. I just think we have to talk more about it. And I keep threatening to do kind of a an online, like a Facebook Live thing of all of us plant, writing our um, our obituaries. Right. We'd all right. just drink wine together and write our obituaries. That might be fun. Well, I think we should. Or I think you should or whatever. I think that it needs to be a thing. Yeah, I agree. 100%. I could go on about the subject. We are always. And we will, but we will, because it's September, moving into October, yeah. and we're going to yeah. talk about death and ghosts and spirits and ancestors and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So while you've been talking the big giant crow had showed up <laughs> and it's sitting about 20 feet away on, on top of a place you know, that's, I feed it. And, wow. and it's just looking, it's listening. I'm looking. Yeah, it is. I'm texting you the picture right now. Okay. Should have it. So one, one question that kind of reminded me of something. I would just like your opinion about this. I have a friend who has a growing interest in learning about crows and corvids in general. Mm-hmm. So we see a lot of, and Wilson photos to each other when we see one, we, we tend to look at the bigger birds, the corvids and birds of prey. And it seems like we see them often on the same dates, and we'll text it back and forth to each other. Anyway, he he has some made friends with some crows, a murder of crows. And what he's done is he's he he will feed them well and he's gotten them used to the sound of his voice singing the song, singing the Blackbird song by the Beatles. So he'll he'll night. <laughs> Yeah, and he'll sing it to them, and they know that that's him, and then he'll hold his food up, and he'll let them see that he's he's putting some food out for them, and then he pretty much will walk away, and he'll watch them from a distance, and I think that's fine. Well, he's he loves doing that, and and they love him, too, I think. Recently, he purchased a, a crow call. Oh, where? Where'd he get it? Online at Amazon? I, no, I have no idea. Probably. But I, but I honestly don't know. And I don't know that he's used it yet. But I'm curious because I kind of am not sure that I would recommend that. And so I wanted your opinion about this. Not that he's asked for my advice, but he's going to get it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because then it, it kind of seems to me like, well, with music, at least, at least he kind of knows what he's saying. And they'll pick up enough to know and already have to know that when he's out there saying it, he's probably got some food. And so I'm not sure that the conversation needs to go any further. And I think if he has a crow call, it'll sound like nonsense to him because he doesn't exactly understand their language. 
you see. Does that make any sense? It, it makes perfect sense. And I just think about how smart all the Corvids are, that if they heard somebody out there going, to go, oh, bless and pieces, dumb as a stump. That's exactly go, what I was thinking. Let's go hang out with him and see if we can teach him how to speak. And then they would, you know, they would come and go, bah, bah. and he'd be using his crow call. Bah, 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 bah. And they go, well, he's just not educable. Bless him. <laughs> he ain't educated. No, bless him. He ain't got good sense. That's just kind of my feeling about it, because I, I don't think we pull much over on the natural world. No, no. I think they well, just look at us and they, they either think we are venal and terrible and hateful or that, you know, we're trying, but we just ain't got the right stuff. They probably think we're stupid because, you know, we are. I would think we they might very well. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that. Yeah. That's a big crow, too. I just saw that picture. That's a big one. Yeah, that's the biggest one in this murder. And I believe what I'm watching with this murder is uh, a couple, a bonded pair, and their child. Oh. I think. Um, Because there's three of them. And sometimes, you know, if if someone loses its mate, the mate dies, Mm -hmm. they'll find another pair that's maybe polyamorous or something. And they'll they'll hang out with that other bonded couple, um, and some when you get the larger groups, it's usually because they want to nest fairly close to each other as a warning system in case there's bird of prey or a snake or something after their eggs or their babies. Mm-hmm. So I mean they're really fascinating, and I'm fascinated by ravens. Me too. Because I we don't, don't have a lot, a lot of them around here. Right. And, and so for me, I'm really curious about it. And I wonder if I've ever heard one in the woods before. I don't know if I have not. Well, they don't, they don't sound like crows. No, 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 no. They've got a much more harsh cry. Yeah, it's kind of a, yeah, it's kind of a growly sound almost. Mm-hmm. And I always think of Edgar Allan Poe um, with them because that was my first exposure to ravens. All those nature documentaries that I would watch on TV and I never saw a single one about corvids or ravens. Which a raven is a corvid, but you know what I mean. Yeah. (laughs) Never Yeah. And I'm, I'm interested in, you know, they live a pretty long life if they're lucky. Yes. And crows are just so and crows and ravens they're so intelligent it's crazy they teach each other how to use tools yep they they watch us they watch other animals and they learn things by watching they have a complex communication system they are fierce protectors they they are loyal couples Uh, i mean they're just they're interesting, and I, I personally have always thought that they were magical. I just always have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was, um, when I was at UNCA, there was, um, I think it was just like a family of ravens, and it was really unusual to see, to see ravens at that time. There weren't a lot of them around here, and they hung out in the woods where they ultimately built, built the theater, 
the Carol Bell Theater. And they were so angry about that destruction and then construction. Uh But then we started feeding them on the loading dock. We'd leave things for them. Um, And then they they were like our little uh, guardian angels. Oh, yeah. That's nice. Well, I have to keep reminding myself that they have a huge radius. They're, they have like a 50-mile radius as the crow flies. Yeah, yeah, no, they're yeah. powerful. They're powerful flyers. They really are. And so it's possible that you could see the same murder in, in two fairly far away places. I have to remember that. And they also communicate. So it, it is possible, although I don't know this. I'm just guessing. But I think it might be possible to like move to a new neighborhood and have the crows there be told who you are. It it seems I really think that that could happen. They're that intelligent and they communicate that well with each other. And you should look or I'll I'll tell you what, I'll put a link up to Crow Funeral. That's a have you ever heard of a crow funeral? Yes, ma'am. I've seen a crow funeral. You have? Yes, I have. Wow, that's interesting when you saw it. I thought I was seeing something I shouldn't be seeing. It wasn't for me. Yeah, sometimes you feel that way around them. I I get that. Well, sometimes I feel like that just in general, in nature, that there are things sometimes because I've been in the woods my whole life and I'm, I'm pretty quiet and very respectful. I think sometimes I see things that maybe humans aren't supposed to be seeing. Maybe sometimes I I think that you're supposed to see what you see, but it doesn't mean you should go and tell about it. Exactly. If if you're lucky enough to be shown something, then it doesn't necessarily need to be shared. So it feels like a position of of trust and vulnerability at the same time. So I have a friend who, I think I told you the story. He walked the Appalachian Trail and he was calling into a radio station by their request. When he would get to a civilized place, he'd call in, check in over the air, and tell them what was going on. And at one point he was somewhere and he ran, had an encounter with a wolf, a big giant one. And, you know, they both looked at each other. They came face to face and they both looked at each other and stared at each other. And then they both moved on and it was a really magical moment for him. And he talked about it and he said it lost its potency. Oh yeah. I could see that. Yeah. And I, I'm careful sometimes about that. And sometimes I think I share too much. So. I know your schedule is packed. It is not packed. It is not. I know you want to talk to the weirdlings. I know you do. <laughs> well, I think, I think it would be fun to talk to them. Um, I've been uh, playing around more with my Patreon account, which I call my Matreon account. Yeah. And I want to go live with them one day. I just need to figure out how and the, all that stuff. Okay. All the yeah. tech stuff. So I just think it's fun to go live. I'd I did it the other day. I was just back in the yard and I thought, oh, I'm going to go do a Facebook live in my garden. And people seem to enjoy that. 
And I well, like I it. I like to share stuff. I do. I enjoy when you go live. And I, I catch that every time I can. I may not always comment, but I watch every time I can. And even if it's like an hour later or something. Because well, it, you know. it's, it's fun, that kind of stream of consciousness. I, I like it when other people do it, too. Yeah. Well, I like watching that rain. Wow. Oh, golly. It was, uh, it was heavy. I could hear the first few drops, and they felt heavy. Yeah. And then as it rained, I, I, I'm guessing it was big raindrops. Yeah. And that's why it sounded heavy. But that's, it uh, pounded us for about 20 minutes. And then, ta-da, out comes the sun and the blue sky. Yep. Well, you know what? If, if we were video, if we were live right now, people would be seeing a perfect day. A perfect day. The weather here is unbelievably beautiful. It right is. now. It is. Yeah, and but it won't last. The temperature is lovely. <laughs> but I just heard a mockingbird outside the window in that in that big old old man oak tree that I call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was saying something, and I'm suspecting it was something about weather. Probably it's gonna rain. Because birds are, you know, they're so sensitive to that. Mm-hmm. Well, and we've said it before here that um, well, we are a deciduous semi-tropical rainforest. And when I was a kid and when you were a kid, summer, you, you could count it just about set your watch by it. Mm-hmm. It would get warmer, warmer, warmer all day long. About two o'clock, it would just be hot as a firecracker. And about 3.30, things, the sky would clabber up. There'd be a big old 20, 30-minute rainstorm. Then it would clear off and be pretty cool in the evening. Yeah. But, but really kind of wet feeling. Yeah. And that yeah. happened more often than not. That's what summer looked like when we were kids. Oh, yeah. Big raindrops. Yeah, and I don't remember, and it could just be because it was hard work, and I try not to remember hard work. I don't ever remember carrying jugs of water up to water the garden when I was a kid. I just don't think we did. We took milk jugs out when we planted anything that was already a plant, you know, like um, tomatoes. When we put the tomatoes in, we always took water to kind of set the roots, set the soil around the roots, but... I don't remember ever going up and going, oh, my God, we got to go water the tomatoes, blah, 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 because we always just had rain. We always had rain. Yeah. We were close to water source anyway, though. So it was just it was luckily not a big deal. Back then, back then. It must be time for the Appalachian goodbye. Oh, I thought we were already doing it. No, we were doing the squirrel segment of our podcast today. That's all of it. Yes, that's all. What? And then that. Oh, and then that. Well, I tell you what, I loved. I'm gonna go right back to where we were. Speaking of squirrels, I really love having all that corn. I had about a half bushel of corn that I brought back with me from Pennsylvania. I loved shucking that Mm. and cleaning it, and uh, I parboiled it all. Stuck. Almost all of it in the freezer. Oh, yeah. And what I'm loving doing now, I'm eating all the figs I can get my hands on. The uh, peaches this year are so good that I may, in fact, go out after we have set the time to visit the weirdlings and uh, go buy some more of those peaches. They were so darn good. Oh, yeah. They're fabulous. 
and the tomatoes are mm. marvelous. And I that's about all I'm eating right now. Because oh, I just, we won't have them. In two weeks, we won't have them. That's right. And well, then we won't have them again until next year because, I'm sorry, tomatoes from Florida, tomatoes from Mexico, tomatoes in January are not worth eating. Overproduced tomatoes is what you mean. Because uh, there's, I'm sure there's plenty of Florida tomatoes that are fine, but if, if they're masked that overproduced tomato, they just don't have taste. They don't the same have any taste. Flavor. And the, and the texture's wrong, and wow. the juice content is yeah. odd. If, if we, you are able to find a little little vendor off the side of the road, wherever you live, folks, that's the best one to get your tomatoes from usually. Yeah, usually. And, the, and the tailgate markets. You know, we got a lot, of, yeah. lot of real good tailgate markets in Asheville. Yeah, we're lucky. We're lucky. Yeah, we are lucky. And some of the farms will do these boxes that they send out. Oh, yeah. Oh, my daddy used to, that was his big thing. He'd go out to, he had a special place he went to, and he'd get boxes of green tomatoes and wrap them in newspaper and put them in the basement. Because mm -hmm. he said, oh, they'll get ripe. It'll be wonderful. And, yeah, sometimes they got ripe, but mostly they didn't. But we did have, you know, green tomatoes, which is good. Well, these boxes that I was talking about are kind of like subscription boxes. Oh. So you'll get a box and it'll have some tomatoes and an eggplant and some cucumbers and some corn, you know, stuff like that. Things that you couldn't grow that variety of. And you get. Yeah, you no, that, those box. are everywhere. Are they? Yeah, around here they are. Yeah. I just heard of them a few years ago. Where have I been? I know, doing radio and hotels and Lord playing some music. Oh, I'm going to play me some music. I'm so looking forward to that show. I love I know, that. You are going to have such a good time. Yeah, and I can't wait. I really want you to come. I know the date. Uh, it's December 3rd. But it's a private party. Right. I want you to come. <laughs> well, uh, we'll talk about that. You are invited. In to this private party. Yeah. You are definitely invited, and I'd love to invite some of our weirdling friends from the area, too. I mean, the venue, it's a private party, but the venue will hold, you know, it's a good parking lot and a nice size, and, yeah. and it's going to be a very laid-back event, and we're just going to have some fun. Oh, but, fun but, sounds very good. Yeah, I mean, just for the sake of it, just fun for the sake of it. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, yeah, well, I guess I will let you go. And well, we got about two minutes to do goodbye for two minutes. Yeah, well, weirdlings, look out because we're going to be coming at you. We'll let you know when here in the yep. next next twenty four hours. I would. We're going to figure it out right now. We'll send Miss Ilsa a note. Yes, we will. And Ilsa, hello. Hey, hope Ilsa. Better. You'll be and hearing from us. Yep. Yep. And y'all take care and thank you for hanging out. We sure do appreciate you very, very much. And we will see you soonish. Soonish. Bye. Bye. So thank you, Byron. Yeah, that was good. Uh, I'm going to go get my calendar and then we'll finish this with text messages. I don't know. Yeah, that's fine. So I will talk to you next Hey. 
thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have, so I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Many thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. W-Y-R-D Mountain Gals.